There's a new podcast app that delivers chilling true crime stories straight to your mobile device. Every day they release a new episode that investigate the gruesome true acts of America's worst serial killers. And you can explore into the minds of psychopaths and murderers. To get started, find and download Murder Minute from the App Store or visit MurderMinute.com. That's M-U-R-D-E-R-M-I-N-U-T-E.com to get your daily dose of true crime creepiness delivered straight to your mobile device. How are you, folks? It's, uh, you know, it, you know what it is. It's the damn podcast that you download every week. Uh, so we'll see you in hell. We're here to talk about some horror flicks and whatnot. God, <laughs> I really got to start taking over that intro. No, it's mine. You do the on with the Joes. It's just so sloppy, you know, <laughs> like if it was your first listen, you'd never come back after that. Well, I mean, it's look, I think after they hear that slick tune at the top. Sure. They know that we're they know we're the real deal. All right. The real deal with Bill McNeil. What's that mean? It's from News Radio. Bill Hartman's character. Oh. You know, Bill. we never watched much news radio. We've discussed it on the show. It's it's one of the best sitcoms ever made. You want the whole series? I can loan it to you or you can buy it for twenty bucks on Amazon. I thought you meant All right five now, you're gonna just take me through it. No, but you would absolutely love news radio. I mean, what an I, ensemble. I don't doubt that I would, would love it. Why doesn't it get a lot of uh, syndication love? It did. When I was growing up in Missouri, it was on all the time, but it was always the one thirty a.m. rerun. But luckily, I was just up, and I would watch it. I loved it. I never miss an episode when it aired on NBC back in the day. Okay. But um, it doesn't get the love, honestly, because the lead is Dave Foley and not Dave Schwimmer. You know what I'm saying? Hey. Well, that's back when Dave was a was a pretty good-looking fella. You know, he's got a cuteness yeah, about him. The show... It's the kind of show I really uh, aspire to, and the fact that it was on for five years is crazy because it was a multicam that just did refused to dumb it down. You know, that's nice. And they'd also get insane sometimes, which I loved. Amazing cast, Phil. That much Phil Hartman. You know, it's just a treat. Like you can't go wrong, especially you. I assume you love Phil Hartman. Yeah. So knowing that there's five seasons of a great show where he plays maybe his best role. I hope that is intrigues he all, you. He's only in four of them, though, right? Yes, Joe. <laughs> I'm not saying it to be funny. I'm saying he died before the fifth season, correct? He did. They replaced him with uh, John Lovitz, which was, is, th- those episodes are fine, too, but they're I not the same. I enjoy Lovitz. There are some really incredible news radios, but I'd love to, before we get into those, get on with the show, and at the same time, get on with a Joe. Joe, 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 you don't have to Joe. What song is that? Led Zeppelin. Oh, 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 Joe, 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 Everybody calls Dyer Maker, and then the hardcore fans go, you know it's pronounced Jermaker. Is it? Or something. Yeah, it's one of those ones where. Why is it even called Jermaker? Maybe for Jamaica. Yeah. It's got a little bit of Ooh, a baby. Caribbean feel Jamaica to it. Jamaica me crazy. Jamaica me crazy. I just remember everybody always, cor- like the hardcores, correct your pronunciation of that one. Yeah, because they're so cool because they like Led Zeppelin. <laughs> There's this whole subculture of people when I was in high school who were like, You'll never get it, man. I like Zeppelin and Pink Floyd. I'm like, two of the biggest rock bands in the history of music. <laughs> You're not in some weird cult. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Uh, what'd you do tonight, man? What didn't I do, Joe? I, I took an hour and 15-minute drive home from work, which is wow. a new record for me. Wow. Um, and then I met a friend from, like, sixth, seventh grade. And we had a fantastic time. I was telling Joe before the show, what are the odds that you go meet up with a friend from seventh grade and he's normal and nice and fun to be around? I was expecting the worst. I had a great time. What? Uh, and he's an editor. He edited uh, a horror picture a lot of people have seen on Netflix called uh, We Come at Night. Okay. Yes. That's pretty cool. 
Um, let me wh- look. Let me make sure that's the right one. Sure. Uh, what made you guys lose touch after the seventh grade? That's that's a weird year to kind of lose touch with somebody. We were in Young Performers Theater together, mm-hmm. which was a non-school related uh, theater thing. And uh, I met him there. He was very into both. You, you would have, I mean, you would love this guy. His two obsessions are old school hip hop, the oldest of school hip hop, okay. the history of hip hop, and also uh, horror movies. I love he them. showed me one of the first actual horror movies I ever saw, which was Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part Two, mm-hmm. and it traumatized me so greatly that I have not seen it since. And I saw it when I was about <laughs> eleven years old. All right. Uh, yeah, it's uh, that's that's funny because now when you watch that one, it's kind of yeah, I goofy. So. I'm going to rewatch it, but it, I was so shooken up by it, and the guy like eating his scalp, which I remember very vividly. That disgusted me, and I remember my mom watching it with my mom, and my mom being like, "Oh Jesus Christ!" Yeah. That really disgusted her, that yeah, part. I found it genuinely nauseating. It's pretty gross. Uh, and at the time, I had seen almost no horror. But the guy was great. Uh, he's my buddy. I, I hope uh, it leads to a, an adult friendship here in Los Angeles because he, he was recently moved here. You know, nice guy. That's great. We're trying to look him up, and you have no service in your goddamn apartment. I have service. I... Uh... I have, but I have Verizon. Okay, the best, the best of the best, only the best for a guy like me. You know me; I'm a man of great tastes and <laughs> a man of wealth and taste. Yeah, and leisure. Uh, All right, now I've, I'm on your Wi-Fi, and I can report that he edited the films Stakeland. Oh, really? That's a that's a pretty popular horror movie. It is, and also the film. And I had seen this one. I just mixed the words up. Uh, why Why would this not be in your list of movies, dude? Well, maybe it's not out yet. No, I, I recognized it. Well, you weren't sure about the title. Maybe you thought it was a thing that you'd seen. Well, I said, we, we are still in. here. We are still Which here. Which I definitely saw, but I mix them up. There's so many movies called We Are Something. I remember hearing that title. I don't know what the movie's about. It's a very cool little ghost story. Uh, I recommend it if you haven't seen it. It's on Netflix. Would you call it a ghost with the most story? I would. Okay, fair enough. He also worked on Cold in July with Dexter, which I thought was a pretty cool movie that was on Netflix as well. Dexter or the actor? Michael C. Hall, yeah. Okay. I don't know that movie, but it sounds like he's doing some good work. I once spoke with an exotic dancer who told me that the filthiest... Customer she'd ever had was one Michael C. Hall. <laughs> Why do you blow the guy's spot up like that? He was a single man. She said he was a charmer. He tipped well, but he just loved bringing the ladies back. Yeah. You know? He liked it all nasty. Right. Style. Uh, now, now John, you I'm noticing you've got a Bill Haley and the Comets album. Yes. Was this like in the dollar bin or you thought, I want to, I love rock around the clock and I want to go deeper? Uh, it's exactly that. I heard Rock Around the Clock on the radio one day, and I thought, this is a great song, and it puts me in a great mood. I should just get a Bill Haley and the Comets record. You love Rock Around the Clock. Yeah, it puts me in a great mood. Okay. Uh, and every record on there is like that. Every record's yeah. like, you got to dance with the night, dance with the day, dance that whole morning away, we're going to rock. You yeah. know, like every... The most, every... like Almost like a nursery rhyme. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, I think it was $10. It's a double record uh, anthology from uh, Amoeba. Well, you put on your coat. You put on your pants. You come out with me for a little romance. Yeah. Yeah, You you get it. Yeah. I mean, it's not, you know. Man apparently was a drunk. Nice. Like a complete drunk. He looks like a drunk on that uh, cover. Um, But it's an enjoyable record. I went through a little phase where all I wanted to hear was that sort of 50s like you know early elvis uh-huh that's sort of i guess they called it r&b back then but it wasn't Rockabilly. really billy yeah yeah race music they yeah. called it <laughs> yeah yeah it was a lot of fun i'll tell you this i love elvis presley i don't need to see those hips gyrating around why not in my home see i like that i like a guy that tosses a little impure. sex into it 
And yeah. Little Richard, I don't need his woos. They're too exciting for my teenage daughter. <laughs> uh, it's the devil's music, you know. Are you aware it of that? Is. It is. Hey, well, just, just so you're aware. Joe, let me take you over, if I might, to Pat's Movie Corner. You didn't ask how my day was, by the way. How was it, Joe? It was nice. All right, what'd you do? Had some drinks with a very lovely person. All right. Uh, I uh, I got uh, I finished a, a story that I'm uh, giving to an anthology sci-fi comic book that will be coming out next year. Penthouse Forum, Joe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can call it what it is. Uh, uh, th- th- it's it's actually a thigh high uh, comic book that's okay. coming out. What's thigh high? Like th- like you said, penthouse. Like thigh high. Oh. Uh, and I said sci-fi, and it rhymes. You mean pantyhose? Like thigh-high boots. Like they're like, you know, like what they call hooker boots or whatever. Where are you getting that from penthouse? It's sexual. Okay. Why? What, do you really not get the correlation? Uh, that's fine. It's fine. Oh, fuck you. It's fine. Um, and, uh, yeah, just did some work and had a nice day. Ate some chicken that I had baked yesterday. All right. Baked a whole Don't chicken. bury the lead. <sighs> Sorry, it's not as exciting as a reunion from the fifth grade. Seventh grade. Uh, but, you know, I do my best. Yeah. I do my best to keep up with your wild rock and roll lifestyle. Thanks for trying. Hey, I try. What do you got for Movie Corner? I saw uh, a couple films from the Joe Bob Briggs Shutter Marathon. Uh-huh. I've been loving the hell out of it. I got my free trial of Shutter. I think when you go beyond free, it's like $4 or something. Very cheap. What a treasure trove. Uh, and I, I'm going through it in order. I started with a picture I've never seen called Tourist Trap. Uh-huh. Uh acclaimed by uh Stephen King and many others as being like a really unsung gem of the horror scene. And I figured if Briggsy, Joe Bob Briggs, was kicking off his marathon with it, it right. must be pretty good. Folks, I wasn't let down. I have not watched that film yet. It's good. It's terrific. It's very weird. Okay. But in like the best way, it was compared unfavorably but how many movies can really rank with it mm-hmm. in the horror genre to texas chainsaw massacre and i don't think it's far off it's got this like really weird feeling to it and it's deeply unsettling and sometimes in the next moment it's just stupid it's kind of like a david lynch in that way okay but they got a bunch of mannequins in it dummies which <laughs> you know i haven't seen be creepy in a long they never freak me out these were creepy fucking mannequins. You never know if you're looking at a mannequin or a real person. They have all these people in, like, mannequin masks that are terrifying. Okay. Um, and then, you know, the one scene where I was thankful to have Joe Bob Briggs interrupt because I was terrified <laughs> is the bad guy, while wearing, like, a mannequin face. Are you ruining anything by telling no. me this? All right. The movie came out in 1976. Well, I mean, I've I've never seen it. It's not. Like, it's not a big hit. This no. film. No, I mean he, he's it's an unsung classic, as you said. I, th- I feel like spoiling a, a movie like this or a slasher movie is pretty hard to do. Okay, but he's done. He covers this woman's entire face in wax, like he's going to make her into a, you know, a, a mannequin, and it suffocates her, and they just stay right in a tight shot of her, just like, like lo- It's like someone being buried alive, sort of, but with wax. It's very disturbing. Okay. And they cut back to Joe Bob Briggs, and he was like, that was pretty intense, wasn't it? And I was like, yes, Joe. <coughs> yes. Uh, I really loved it. I see it in horror-thons in L.A. fairly often when they do their yearly, like, five-movie marathons at the New Beverly. I've seen it there. Um, but this is the first time I've actually watched the movie. It did not disappoint. Recommend it on Shutter. Watch it with the Joe Bob Briggs interruptions. All right. Well, I'll, I'll check it out. I'll check it out on your say-so. Um, I watched uh, the uh, newest anthology uh, series on Netflix, Creeped Out. 
Okay. Which is geared towards children. Okay. Uh, but the trailer was actually really fucking creepy. There's a kid that walks around in very much like a mannequin mask, and he's sort of the entity that makes weird shit happen. And the trailer sells it as like a very dark thing. Unfortunately, when you watch it, it's it's you know it's another R.L. Stein kind of you know a girl gets a, her her dream smartphone right, and it turns out to post a little too much about her life. You know, sure. it's shit like that. Uh, I guess if you're I didn't hate Goosebumps the the movie. I didn't see Goosebumps too. I Halloween style or whatever the hell it's called. I mean, I, I didn't care for. I, I was too old for it when it came out. I recently went back and tried to rewatch, like, what for the first time, watch Goosebumps and like, Are You Afraid of the Dark and those shows. But did you see the film Goosebumps? I watched about half of it. It wasn't very good. No, uh, but it wasn't very bad. Um, it was too. It's like all those kids' movies that come out now, like House with the Clock and its Walls. The house with the clock in its walls <laughs> behind the high ho Yeah, it's, you know, it's... it's Morrissey. It's a little too ch- child. They don't, they don't get dark enough. The, the kids' movies these days that are supposed to be dark don't have a dark enough edge, and I find it boring. Do you think that they were way darker when we were kids or that we were kids and they seemed way darker? They're absolutely way darker. Watch Something Wicked This Way Comes. No, I agree. But... He puts a child on the merry-go-round, and, and, and as it spins, he turns into an old man. Right. It's fucking creepy. And then, and then he does the thing with the old man that turns him into a baby. It's fucking... It's weird, man. It's dark. I agree. I agree. They just don't have... Even if you took those scenes out of that film, mm-hmm. you still have this great storyline of the and the, the weightiness and the drama of a Jason Robards regretting his life and thinking he didn't do enough and showing like the limbless, the ex-football player who's now limbless from the war, he could have his limbs back. Right. You know, it's like there, there's just there's no weight like that in Goosebumps. It's literally just sure. my dad's nuts and right. he doesn't want us to open this folder because of uh, a puppet will jump out of it. Right. You know, so I agree. that's all. That's I think, all. you know, we've, as we've discussed, Return to Oz, Never Ending Story, uh, Peanut Butter Solution. There's so many movies from when I was a kid that are. What the fuck is Peanut Butter Solution? It's a movie about a, a boy who has cancer and he starts putting peanut butter on his head to grow back. Someone tells him to do this and he winds up growing like incredibly long hair. It is. I, I know I'm not doing it any sort of justice. There's paintbrushes made of human hair. Um, it's deeply disturbing. It's supposed to be dark, or is it supposed to be supposed like to be a kids' of, movie? Like funny. Came out like around the same time as like the boy who could fly. If you remember that movie with a young yeah. Freddy Savage. But uh, it was. I didn't care for that film. That when I wrote for the Cinematical, which was AOL's movie site, I wrote for them for a few years, and I did a piece called. I say a piece, uh, I, uh, by that I mean it was several thousand words and I made $25. <laughs> uh, but it was about, uh, this. it was the top seven or whatever most disturbing kids movies. And the comment section on this thing was in the thousands by the end of the day. And I was responding with people and they were like, holy fuck, the peanut butter solution. I remember that. Like it ruined my life. Uh, I don't even know where you'd find it. I bet it's not even on but iTunes. But is it a comedic film? No. It's just, it's a unsettling, disturbing kids film. It was Canadian, so that kind of... But Something Wicked This Way Comes is in the same ballpark. Just okay. movies that were, for whatever reason, came off as really disturbing, and they were for a child audience. And why are there paintbrushes made of human hair? I don't remember. I'm gonna look I just remember up. being troubled by the film. All right, I'm going to look it up now. My next picture uh, in the Joe Bob Briggs-a-thon, I'll stick to that theme tonight, was uh, Sleepaway Camp. Mm-hmm. And people have been requesting it on this show for years. Um, you know, I'll just go ahead and do it. Sleepaway Camp. Well, we, I think we already did it because I talked about the Joe Bob thing and we talked about Sleepaway Camp. Maybe we did. And you said you didn't want to give away the ending. I think it's got one of the best endings in all of horror. Wild ending. It, Wild. It, the picture really held up. The one thing I found baffling about it was the chef character who two minutes into the movie is l- vocally 
lusting after 10-year-old girls and then tries to molest one. Yeah, it's, it's rough stuff. I mean, I, I was blown away by this. It's um, rough stuff. And it's it's back in the time when the when the boss is just like cut that out, well yeah 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 right exactly yeah, yeah, like, yeah. The, like the uh, the other people around him while while he's plotting to molest these girls are like this guy's too much. <laughs> it was crazy. It's the, all the people around him are a jazz ensemble. <laughs> well, the one guy yes had a Scatman Crothers quality. He really did. <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. I don't know if this is controversial or not. Sleepaway Camp is better than any film in the uh, Friday the Thirteenth series. That's not saying much. It's but not. I, but um, I would agree. Except for six. I like six quite a bit. Never saw it. Well, then you can't I really... guess I can't say it. But yeah, I, mean... uh, I saw this movie once uh, in New Jersey with a young woman I would eventually make love to. And I always thought, I have it in my head as this really great movie. And it's simply because I banged from it. You know, it was one of those early, first bangs for me. Like I just moved to New Jersey. Sleepaway camp, you mean? Yeah, and we watched the picture, and it's not like it turned us on, but uh, it was like a third date, and we we made love, and I was always like, I never want to see this film again because it couldn't hold up to that great night. He said, "Baby, let's do the role play where I'm the cook." Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was a it was a really great movie. I mean, trash, of course, but at the end of the day, it was really fun trash. It's driving schlock at its best it's yeah. very it's very fun and it's and for that kind of thing it's pretty well made there's also the remember the old man who like runs the camp who's a good guy yeah uh he like makes a date with like this hot ass 17 year old i couldn't believe and, that and, either and, and no, like nobody is like what you're beautiful why would you fuck this <laughs> he's wrinkled 50. bag he's 50 he's more than 50 yeah. i think i believe that was his last film that he ever made <laughs> It was really crazy. So nuts. It's it's just not even called upon. No. Um, and I, I cannot recommend enough. It is worth getting Shudder to do this Joe Bob Briggs. I wish I had the free time and the uh, awakeness stamina to like do it as a marathon. Yeah, me too. It's just tough. I'm actually really enjoying doing it one movie at a, at a time with his commentary because he's so funny and so interesting. They're not censoring him in any way. Every female that comes by the set, he essentially gropes them. He doesn't grope them. <laughs> he's Why do just, you say these things? He's very heavily flirtatious with them. I actually, I disagree. I felt like he was very appropriate with the girl from... I, I'm, I'm saying it as I find it refreshing. <laughs> I found it refreshing. He's not trying to grope them. That's way too much to say. But he's just not concerned about like... It might is this too much or whatever? Yeah, I, I like it's, it's I like nice. that he jokes. It's I like quaint, that he jokes nice. and he's like, yeah, when he's giving the girl shit from Super Bowl Cam, he's like, Who else did you date on the damn set? You know, right, like right. Yeah, I, I think that's I like that too. I, I liked it. And uh I just have found it a real treat. I, I love the marathon, and now I know they're doing one for Thanksgiving, and they're also doing one for Christmas, and right. I have invited Joe over. I hope maybe we do a few. Maybe we'll do a commentary for uh, I'll be away for both holidays, but we'll try to make it happen somehow. All right? All right? Is that okay? Well, they don't disappear. They'll still be here when you get back. Yeah. I watched The Witch in the Window, speaking of Shudder, which is a movie on Shudder that I guess is a Shudder original. Shudder's, you know, Good. It's, it's See, now, of, now I'll know if I should watch these things on Shudder, which I now possess. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, it's, you know, it's a prominently featured film on Shudder. Right. Uh, it's certainly one uh, there. Talking to the witch in the mirror. And I'm asking her to change her ways. Witch in the window. What did I say? Mirror. Don't do it again. <laughs> you want me to start off? No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> witch in the window. Uh, it, it's, it, look, I don't want to ruin the film for you. I can say this. As you were watched, the guy that plays the father is tremendous in it. He's a really good actor. I don't know who. Who he is, I'd never seen him in anything, but Tom he's Arnold. great. It is Tom Arnold. Yeah. Uh, Roseanne plays the kid. Oh, cool. Uh, well, she's free. Yeah. The uh, no, it's it's the guy. The guy, the actor who plays the dad is great. He takes his son up to this lake house to sort of renovate it. They're divor- The parents are divorced, and the place was haunted by a witch. Uh, as you're watching it, you'll be very intrigued. And then in the middle, you're going to start to be like, 
uh, this isn't that scary, and I kind of don't give a shit anymore. And then in the end, the way it all ties up, it's actually worth watching for that. That's all, right. all I can say. Um, but I mean, and the the fucking things like literally eighty minutes. Yeah. So you know, you're you know that that's one episode of goddamn the house on fucking haunted hill or the haunting of hill house or whatever the fuck it's called. Um, I haven't. Let's do that as an episode. I haven't. We, we, started we will. We will. I'll watch oh, some this weekend. Oh, we will. I I'm ready. I've I've seen about six of them. That's enough. I want. I the other night it was like I'll I'll check off one of these Romanoffs before bed. See if I like this show. And I uh, I'm eight minutes in, bored, cross-eyed. <laughs> I hit pause, and the thing goes like to an hour thirty-six. This is a, <laughs> it's supposed to be a show, a TV show. Uh, look, maybe I'll watch it. Come on. What's your third one? My third one. I started Rabid, David Cronenberg's Rabid, which I had never seen, and I was very much enjoying it, but it was moving at a slow pace. It was late, uh, and frankly, folks, watching these Joe Bob Briggs things reminded me of my childhood, USA Up All Night, cranking one out upstairs with an eye on the unlocked door to the TV room to see if I could uh, get it done without my parents seeing my genitals. Jesus Christ. And I switched forward a few. I skipped ahead in the... Marathon to Sorority Babes in the Slimeball Bolarama. <laughs> because I was like, I can't wait for this one. And that was a movie that every time I went to the video store, I was very into that box. Hey, no pun intended. <laughs> Folks. Folks. Um, but I remember this was at a time when, folks, the internet was so far off. Our younger listeners might uh, might not believe this, but it's true. I would make a mental note of the VHS box to Sorority Babes and the Slime Bubblerama. Remember it. Go home and pleasure myself to it. It's to the memory. It's such a sad... You couldn't sneak a goddamn Playboy into the house? It's a child. I was doing this from age nine. Still, get crafty for Christ's sakes eventually I would use a Playboy that I believe somebody had wiped their ass with. And you also fucked an Alf doll. Found so it in the woods. All bets were off Yeah, at that I, I took my uh, entry points into this world where I could find them. But Sorority Babes and the Slime Ball Bowl-O-Rama, it, it did have some great nudity in it. It has a five-minute shower scene where three nerds watch these girls f- just full frontal shower with no plot point. Then the next nudity is an hour later where this beautiful woman is is trying to have sex with this teenager who keeps refusing it, which I found just baffling. They spend the whole movie wanting it, get it, and they don't want it. Didn't, didn't follow that. The nudity would have changed my life when I was 13. Now it was not enough. This movie was absolutely... <laughs> It was absolutely terrible. The movie was so bad. And of course, but with that title, you're like, okay, they know what they are. It's going to be a little, you know, a funny romp, a spoof, a wink. Folks, I don't think it was. It was a stink. It was terrible. And they had a little, it was called an imp, but it was like a puppet that like insulted them and controlled their minds and shit voiced by like the same voice as Audrey 2 in Little Shop of Horrors. So it's like this oh. little imp puppet going like, oh, baby, what you talking about? <laughs> like Shaft or something. And I've just, I despise the movie. Uh, Joe Bob is all that made it worthwhile. Does but, he like uh, it? He gave it four stars, but he rates them by how many breasts they have in them. Okay. I mean, it was... That that's one you can skip when you go through the the Joe Bob Briggs. I get that a lot of his shtick is bringing you these uh, trashy movies, but the other ones all have a lot more value than that one. I would skip that one. Uh, I will close us out with a new docu series on um, Netflix, Hip Hop Evolution. You know, we were talking about old school rap earlier. If you're a fan of rap music, truly a, a, of the music. Uh, and its history, 
this is a must see. I've only seen a couple episodes. The standout for me so far was the origins of gangster rap, mm-hmm. where they talked about Schoolie D making the official first gangster rap record, and then how that inspired Ice T, and Ice T put gangster rap in LA on the map. And then now, the- I've always thought of Coolio as being the first gangster rap. <laughs> Uh, a lot of paradise coined the term gangster. A lot of correct? people do, and that's why you need to watch this series. Okay, uh, it's just a really great show. There's tons of very cool old footage in it. There's a ma- and it doesn't go for the. It goes for the legit product. It it you know they're doing a thing about gangster rap and most of its roots being in L.A. and they interview real L.A. gangster rappers from the era. They interview Kid Frost and they interview uh, Corrupt and they interview. DJ Yella and they interview the Arabian Prince and Ice T. It's not one of these fucking things where they talk about, you know, they talk about gangster rap and then and then it cuts to a fifty-five-year-old white guy in a turtleneck, right? Being like, "Well, that was the thing back then," with you know, yeah. uh, it's nobody had ever heard anything like this before. <laughs> yeah, David it, Wild <laughs> from Rolling Stone is always in those. Yeah, it's a it's the genuine article. I I, I recommend it highly. Now, do they confirm or deny that if Corrupt gave a fuck about a bitch, he'd always be broke and that he'd never have no motherfucking endo to smoke? That do they is go the into that? centerpiece of the entire series. Okay, good. Yeah, it revolves around that, and you know, each episode <laughs> sort of ties into that in some uh-huh. way. Yeah. Pat, I got something for the news, Psycho. Oh, all right. We touched on it briefly at the live show. By the way, guys, as we already stated, the live episodes will be the bonuses for October and November. I'm waiting to get the files from the venue. Um, I hope to have the first one up by the end of the month, but I am at the mercy of the engineer and him getting me the files. So you might get two bonus episodes in November instead of one in October and one in November. Uh, uh, you're going to want to hear these shows. But they they are coming, I promise. Classics. And just, Instant you know, classics. We're trying to do... I know, I know we've had a little irregularness lately with the schedule and whatnot, but we're trying to really bring you guys the best thing we can and do as much new and different stuff as we can. And it's just, you know, there are, there are a lot of cooks at that point. It's not just Pat and I deciding when and what happens when and where. So uh, when I go on my hiatus, I, uh, which will probably be in March, I because we got the full season pickup. Congrats. on the live show as well. But uh, I would, I think our goal should be to do like a 10-city tour. I've never done that. I think it would be a blast. Hey, if we can do it, we'll do Chi-town. it. Chi-Town. St. Lulu. The biggest little city in the world. <laughs> Reno, Nevada. Um, I got something. For the, we touched on this at one of the live shows, but we really didn't get into it. Freddy Krueger. On the Goldbergs. Do you watch it? No. Um, Never seen the Goldbergs. Isn't it enough? That in the goddamn actual movies, they turn this guy into a fucking comic strip character. Now, Freddy is literally appearing in a comedy show where there's no element of horror whatsoever. It's just going to be like the trailer. The mom's like, whatever, Mr. Kroger. And he's like, hey, that's Kroger. I'm like. I can't watch this. Is he like a house guest in it or what's? No, I think like they watch Nightmare on Elm Street and then like they have a nightmare and he comes. And because it's the Goldbergs, it's going to be zany and goofy. And right. I was thrilled to see England suit up one more time as the character. But uh, this isn't how I wanted it to happen. Uh, I, I saw the the creator had tweet. I interviewed him once on that cinematical. He wrote fanboys. And I used oh to, yeah, I used to interview screenwriters on there, and he uh, had tweeted, "Freddie or England said he'd never do the role again, but I got him back in the makeup, and now he's saying he's up for it. I did my job, Hollywood. Now you do yours." It's everybody anymore. Everybody's everybody's stance on Twitter now is like, "Hey, just so you know, people over there that I have nothing to do with, that I am not in their shoes. If you don't do this." You're complicit. Yeah. Or whatever. And it's like, 
what the fuck? Yeah, I saw something the other day that was like, if you don't, if you're not actively fighting Trump, you're as bad as Trump. I was like, no, no, that's that's simply not true. Well, Amy Schumer tweeted the thing where she was like, to you white NFL players, if you don't kneel with with Kaepernick or whatever, um, you're complicit. And it's like, hold on a second. They're not complicit. Second of all, you're not an NFL player. Right. Third of all. Amy, this is a real easy stance to take after Nike already backed Kaepernick. Yes. Everybody's on Kaepernick's side. You're not saying anything that daring. Where yeah. was this? It's been going on a, for a year. Yeah, now. where was this two years ago when it was like a, when it was a daring thing to get behind the guy? Right. Oh, God. I can't anymore. Anyway. I Every time I'm about to close all my accounts, I just think that like some, you know, like Martin Scorsese will DM me the, the day after I take it down does he ever of course not i don't think he even has twitter i i yeah it's it's i'm done i get on there i you know it's it really is you know so many people are off it because you're just seeing the same names over and over oh it's i follow a thousand people and i feel like they're just people who are on twitter all day tweeting twitter is if you're still on same jokes if you're still on twitter Mm -hmm. this goes for everybody i'm not i'm not I'm not gonna, I'm not taking it personally. If you're still on Twitter, you're on Save by the Bell the college years. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> has left. True. It's just you're just screech now on there <laughs> trying to hold it together. <laughs> but it's hard to give away all the followers. I always think like what if I really need something or I need to tell people something? You, but that's never happened it either. It doesn't work. It doesn't work for publicity. No. When you I kept it for an extra year because of that. And every time I publicized something, it would get two likes. Right. Or whatever. And then you see these tweets on there where it's like 7.9 million retweets. And then you look at the guy's profile and it's like 246 followers. Right. It's pointless. Well, they'll also, you know, I didn't I didn't do anything on this show in terms of promotion. I retweeted one really nice article and just kind of left it at that. Uh, but you also get these people who all day are like, unbelievable that there's still people making jokes on this site with what's going on in the world or really you got to promote that comedy show with everything going on in the world it's like yeah for some people that's all they have that's their only source of income yes of course and that used to be again it's whoever's saying that is some fucking idiot who sits in an office every day or whatever and has goddamn job security right and doesn't have to self-start in any way right and then shut they're like, the fuck I'm up. doing my part to shut down Trump by tweeting that he's orange 45 times a day. Yeah. Why do you have to make jokes? Yeah, I love that shit. shit. I love it. Yeah, you're a real you're a real activist. Why don't you peel your fat ass off the couch <laughs> okay. and go do something? Okay. You know, I'm not saying they're fat. I'm just saying, you know, the, in, you know what I mean? In the in the figurative. Yeah, what, how, what's the term for that? I'm speaking euphemistically. All right. Just saying like you lazy ass. Like, get the fuck up and it. do something. Well, you know, you undercut me and it bothers me. You're the problem. You're complicit. What was the news psycho? Do we even get that? that? It was Freddie on Oh, the- Freddie on the Goldbergs. <laughs> Which led us into the creator of the Goldbergs yelling at people that he's done his part. Yes. <laughs> Did you do your part? The the one of the biggest hit shows on TV, you got an a, a, a marginally working actor to reprise a role. Right. <laughs> oh, wow. You really, boy, did you go to the fucking wall? I had a meeting uh, this year on the Goldberg spinoff. What's the spinoff now? It's about the gym teacher. I'm not going to go. Who plays the gym teacher? Brian Callum. And what's the spinoff? I, I watched the pilot. He teaches gym, Joe. And Tim Meadows is like a. Uh, the assistant principal, and they have an uneasy alliance. Yeah. Uh, all right. I, I'll just leave it at that. Scary stuff. For you video gamers out there, People, this was such a nice surprise for me. I never played the game when it was out. I don't know how I missed it. Uh, I think it's because I had a GameCube during the Xbox PS2 phase, and this didn't come out on the GameCube, but it came out on the other two systems. And I just got a copy of it, and I almost didn't buy this game because I was looking at it like, 
Well, that probably sucks. That's probably why I never heard of it. And then I looked it up. It had rave reviews. Indiana Jones and the Emperor's Tomb. If you can get a copy of this for your original Xbox, I'm playing it on my Xbox 360 uh, or your PS2. Get it. I am I am swept away in this game. It's a whole new... It's a, it's, it takes place before Temple of Doom. I am just swept away in a whole new Indiana Jones adventure I didn't know existed. The guy doing Indy's voice is close enough that you buy that it's indie. Mm-hmm. The animation is is good. Like, they capture the spirit of the films. It's lots of fist fights and, like, swinging on vines. And you got the whip and your gun. And it uses all the sound effects from the movie. It's a very, very fun, exciting game. I, I'm having a great time with it. After Pat leaves tonight, I'm going to play another mission. Have you tried the VR, which I gave you? I haven't tried it yet. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to find the right thing to try with it. Um. And there is an Exorcist VR, which I'm scared to try. I think I have one I can give you. I have to dig it up, though. Um, A sample. It's got a demo disc in it, but those always suck. So I was like, I'll just find. I think I'm going to download that Batman VR. Huh? Not when it's VR. That'd be pretty cool. What bothers me with demo discs is it teases you. You know, and you're like, sure. I'll just get a game. I'd rather right. just buy a damn game and play it. Anyway, so that's uh, that's scary stuff for this week. Do you have you don't have anything? I'm assuming. Uh, no, I just I watched a couple of the special features on the Event Horizon Blu-ray, which we're discussing on tonight's show, and they were boring as hell. Yeah, I tried to watch the. I didn't care. There was a much more interesting story to be told on the Wikipedia page and a much more honest story about what the uh, long, arduous process of that movie making it to the screen was. Are we we heading there now? Uh, We're about there, buddy. Because, yeah, Event Horizon was, you know, this Paul Anderson, not Paul Thomas Anderson. The guy Uh, that did um, Mortal Kombat. And uh, all the Evil. yeah, all the Resident Evil flicks. Not any of my favorite films by a long shot, but the guy was making this movie. It was you know a, a big deal for Paramount, and then Titanic was supposed to be released in the summer mm-hmm. of '97, and James Cameron was like, "I'm not going to be ready. We got to put this out at Christmas instead." So they said, "We don't have any big summer movie now." Event Horizon, I need a cut of this movie in like four weeks. Okay. I was like, I just finished. Like, I should have four months to edit it. Right. Like, we need it for the summer. You'd be doing us a huge solid. He does it. He gets it edited. He turns it in. They're like, this is horrific. It was a two-hour movie that was insanely gory, apparently. It was disgusting. The, The blood orgy scene that you see incredibly briefly and faintly in the movie was a much longer and more involved thing. Sounds awesome. Yeah, they were really traumatized by it. They said, we want a half hour out of this movie. We want all the gore out of this movie. We hate it. It's an R-rated horror movie. They want all the gore out of it. It's correct. What are these fucking people doing? Then they released it, and, you know, it wasn't what people wanted it to be. It was not a commercial success. It was not a critical success, but... I remember, I'm pretty sure I saw Private Parts, which I love, the Return of the Jedi Mm re-release, and the third movie in this triple feature that I snuck into. Yeah, that's about the right timeline, I'd say. Was Event Horizon, and I thought nothing of it, and I remember being so horrified by it. I was not a big horror aficionado by any means, had not seen many horror movies. I thought it was terrifying, disturbing. My friends and I all absolutely loved it. I watched it again a couple times. It got a reputation amongst me and my friends as being like one of the most disturbing movies ever made. And that's how I have been thinking about it all this time. I rewatched it last night. Could not have been more bored, disinterested. I did not think it was good. Well, let's let's give a brief brief synopsis of the film. Event Horizon, it's essentially a haunted house movie in space. Uh, a ship called the Event Horizon has disappeared. 
Sam Neill was the designer of the. Sh- he plays the character who was the designer of the ship, and he is uh, joined with this sort of military space crew led by uh, Lawrence Fishburne to go out and basically the ship has been lost for years and years and years, and they have finally pinpointed it, and they're going to go out now and see if any of the crew is still alive or what's going on and what happened and bring the event horizon back home for further inspection. Um, The thing that made the event horizon special and led to its disappearance was it could essentially time jump, like, like not time jump, but it could travel great distances instantaneously by bending uh, planes of reality, you know, um, like a mad magazine fold in. Yeah, yeah. So when they get to the ship, obviously nobody's alive. Something's afoot. You get the impression that something with this reality bending bullshit they were doing has led to it. And then, you know, they all go into the ship and slowly the ship takes over all of their minds and people go mad. And it's a haunted house movie. It's, it's, um, I was just comparing it to, um, it's in the mouth of madness, really. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's basically the same kind of thing. Like, why are we going nuts here? And why are we seeing all these horrifying things? And eventually they explain why. Uh, so, that being said, I really like the film. I think, uh, I think it's a lot of fun. I think uh, it's a different take on space that I haven't really seen. Um, you know, you've seen aliens in space be frightening, but I had never really seen sort of ghosts in space. Mm-hmm. And I liked that. I liked that it had a devilish sort of Hellraiser quality to it. Sam Neill, Lawrence Fishburne always deliver. The rest of the cast is stellar. Uh, everybody's really great in it. It's got the guy from, um, oh, the pilot is, uh, what's his face? Son of a bitch. Hold on a second. Let me look this up. The pilot is the guy whose eyes bleed out. Well, I think everybody's eyes kind of bleed out at one point or another. Like, put out the hatch. Uh, oh, that's right. Uh, Sean Pertwee, uh, who plays Alfred on the new uh, Gotham series, uh. who I'm a fan of. Uh, he's in it. I think he's the pilot. I can't remember. Um. It's just a creepy, weird movie, uh, and I, I just I just really liked it. And there are some really tense, disturbing sequences where they have to save somebody who's in terrible, you know, peril and stuff. And I and I right. bought into the suspense. I bought into the the crew caring about one another. And um, I don't know. I liked it. It's not perfect, obviously. There's a glaring foreshadowing at the top where they get into the event horizon, and there's all these like little boxes mm-hmm. lining the main corridor, and they go, what's that? And uh, Sam Dill goes, explosives, in case you ever have to split the ship in two. Right. <laughs> okay, so that's going to be the end. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's I, not perfect. I liked how it started with a long uh, tracking shot of the ship. I had never seen that in a science fiction <laughs> film before. But um, I... Look... I think the only reason I didn't like it was that I had it built up my mind as being this like masterpiece of disturbing horror. It ain't that. It's a fine movie. Uh, you know the the scares are not particularly scary anymore, but like the set design of the ship, pretty fucking awesome. There was a lot of yeah. really cool shots. It was a very cool interior of a ship. It's almost uh, on a par with like. Ridley Scott shit, you know, like the Prometheus and all that. I thought uh, that was cool. Sam Neill walking around in his underwear, a little weird off the off the top. Sam Neill is an actor who I'm sort of indifferent to. I liked him in this. He was creepy. Fishburne, I thought, phoned it in. Um, I don't know. To me... Be, I, I didn't I, think I've, Fishburne I've phoned spent, it in. I thought he, I really, I liked him in that part. All right. I've spent 20 years with this movie in my mind as this uh, just much more intense thing than it was. I think just because I hadn't seen much horror. But it, it, there is some Hellraiser influence to it, I would say. The 
Well, basically, the explanation is, right, Yeah. when they do one of these space-time continuum bends, the, the ship actually went through hell. Right. And that's why right. it's now possessed or whatever. Uh, and, yeah, some of the stuff, like, you know, him having to watch his wife kill herself and stuff, yeah, it's pretty disturbing. There's some some intense stuff in it. Um, you know, it, it's kind of an average movie. It's gotten a lot of praise in recent years. I think people have a lot of affection for it. So Paramount wanted to throw some money into them releasing a special edition with all the deleted scenes, a half hour of extra footage, unrated director's cut. They had actual porn actors act out the blood orgy and like actually fuck and stuff. And, oh, okay. You know, to like really make it intense and real. And That scene is, the little you see is very disturbing. That yes. stuck with me after the first time I saw it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all that got cut. You do see a faintly someone getting butt fucked, but, um, that would have been interesting to me. They said that Paramount lost all the footage, so it'll never be anywhere. And all the director had was a VHS copy of those deleted 35 minutes or whatever. And he lost the VHS copy. So we'll never know. I think that might've been a much more interesting film. I think what is here. Part of what makes it work so well is that it is kind of like just weird and doesn't make sense all the time. And, um, you know, it's not a bad movie. I just I wish it had been more. And I think what would have been more would have been that original cut. But who knows? I. Uh, as I said, I like the film and I and I like it even more when you compare it to the shit that was coming out at that time period in horror. Yeah. I mean, you're right. This is right in the late 90s. So, I mean, you got, you know, it's funny. Uh, Carpenter, who was invited back to direct H2O, which right. we discussed at length at the live show, so we don't need to get into that, but who was invited back, said no, he wasn't interested, so mm-hmm. he could go off and make fucking Ghosts of Mars and Vampires, two of the shittiest horror movies of all yeah. time, two of the shittiest movies, Yeah, um, and I love Carpenter, but those are bad fucking movies, um, both. but you know... That's what you had at this time. You had I Know What You Did Last Summer. You know, you had Final Destination. These were okay films. I mean, you know, passable, maybe. Yeah. But I I thought this was a real standout for that time period. Um, I'll give you that. It puts an interesting stamp on it. Yes. Most people disagree. Roger Ebert gave the film two out of four stars, stating the script creates a sense of foreboding and afterboding. But no actual boating. That's fair. Which almost sounds like a Seinfeld bit. Where's uh, the boating? <laughs> Washington Post, Stephen Hunter wrote, if you want to have that event horizon experience without spending the seven bucks, try this instead. Put a bucket on your head and have a loved one beat on it vigorously <laughs> with a wrench for a hundred minutes. Holy cow. Same difference and think of the gas you'll save. <laughs> that is harsh. <laughs> But $7 on a movie, that doesn't sound too bad. No, those were the days, weren't they? I remember when I was a kid, you could see a movie for $7 and still have enough left over to buy bread. Get a steak dinner for a nickel. Um, anyway, you know, that's the movie in a nutshell. A lot of uh, the fans of the show wanted us to review it. I don't know if it's because they liked it or they didn't like it or they just wanted to hear our thoughts. But uh, I, my, my feeling is that people also remember it as being much scarier than it is but i don't know i uh i think it's a movie with with more originality than these movies sometimes have especially during the time it came out but ultimately fairly forgettable for me i'd love to see that uncut i bet it's awesome i bet it is i bet it's awesome uh folks it's that time of the month we got to do shout outs shout outs but before our our next episode will be the people under the stairs yes craven's people under the stairs uh our live episodes will be on the patreon shortly they are excellent thank you to emily for putting on a spectacular show thank you so much emily thank, thank you, you to the hellions who came especially the ones who everybody. came from out of state jesus christ everybody thank you all the people uh, it was we was such a supportive crew we loved spending time with all of you we had a blast pat and i got particularly drunk i believe yeah. everybody did no hangover the next day really great uh, but it was great it was i'm on uh instagram twitter the patrick walsh cool kids friday nights on Fox, also on Hulu. Joe. 
Uh, Joe DeRosa Comedy on Instagram. If you can find me. Hardbod Pod on Instagram, by the way. New Hardbod vids coming soon. Uh, I'm about to shoot some new stuff next week. So uh, keep your eye out for those. Um, and I'll be at the uh, Punchline in Philly Thanksgiving weekend. Come out for a show after you stuff your fucking face like the American slob you are. All right? All right. Shout outs. We're going to go back and forth this time. Let's kick it off. Anthony V. Manito, a.k.a. Party McFly, Philip Rashad, Trevor Gage, Joshua Christensen, K.P. Flynn, Tyler Moore, Elva E. Enriquez, Matt Wheeler, Leslie Coffin, Welfare Dentist, Jackson C. Lohmeyer, Jeron Sanderson, Ash Ogden, Rain, Purple Peacock, Sterling Abrigo, Christopher Sabella, Steve Murdoch, not medium rare. <laughs> Drew Tiberius Pull, Monica Not From Friends, Al Roberts, Tyler Laporte, Steve Smith, Lupe Pita Pache- Pacheco, Tonsi, Tonsi, right? T O N C I? Tonsi? Right. Sure. Zonajic, Dion Johnson, Matt Robin, Will Foley, Kevin Rigotti, Joseph, Christian Ren- Reynolds, Josh Smallridge, Kurt Zeigler, Brooke Adams, Brittany Ferguson, Sean Florin, Danny Rudd, Natalie Hartline, Scott Contour, Leo Lopez, A. Ali, Emily Rock. Pat, do you want to take it from here? Sure. You're starting right under Emily Rock there. Oh, boy. I hit Alexa oh, or For Christ's sake. I know. It's like when you hand your... Oh, no. It's like when you hand your dad the phone. <laughs> And you're like, Dad, do me a favor. Google this because I'm driving. I bring my uh, glasses uh, uh. down on my nose. Uh-oh. I did the... what, did I, what did I do? I'm watching a YouTube now. Sorry, guys. God damn it. All right. So you're going to start after Emily Rock, who I think at this point should give three times for three <laughs> shout outs. I'm kidding. Uh, all right. You got all these buttons on the side. Don't touch the fucking buttons. Well, all right. It's hard not to touch the buttons. It's a touch screen. Just scuff you. Nick Mascara, Dave Del Greco, who we met at the live show, Kurt Ziegler, Chloe Paget, Matthew Ruse, Scott Burchett, Dennis Ormston, Travis Hines, John Wiesengruber, Matthew McGuire, Angela Porcaro, James O'Brien, Kimani Clodfelter. Thank you for your gift you gave me, Kimani. Thank you, Kimani. Matthew Moon, Jay Fisher, Sean Lyle, John Hollywood, Jake McAlvain, Meredith McWilliams. By the way, if I could step in for one second. Please. I'm terrible with names. Forgive me. Thank you to everybody that gave gifts. Everybody, We got some really yeah. nice gifts. And that obviously is never the point of any of this. It was very generous of people to show up and, and say, I want you to have this. Yes. Uh, and thank you for that, guys. Yeah, got some really awesome shit. And thank you to all the artists, too, that contribute to the show. Yes. Yes, we spoke to them. Yes. They're making the posters that you love so dear. Yes, it was... Everybody's amazing. Uh, Gregory Hassel, Jesse Janicki, Mike Greenwood, Brianna Alkir, Cole Rothaker, Matt... Come on, Matt. You can spruce that up. <laughs> Supportive guy. Oops, I said that last one wrong. That's not me saying that. That's somebody's name. Anthony Rodriguez. Chris Passmore. Casey Jones. Sinji. Sam Mitchell is a fat piece of trash. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Robert Haynes. Natalia Hatley. Will Pittman. Kevin McNanny. Kevin Driscoll. Jen Wessels. Lewis Bell, Joe Hoffman, Scott Sweeney, Jay Miller, Clayton Stamper, Amanda Lancaster, babe, Michael Bolas, Ethan Gamage, James Girolamo, Derek Adams, Sean Hall, Adam Lounsbury, Brett Frangella, Toby Bell, Vincent Franks. You think that's a play on Tobin Bell? I just realized. Perhaps. That. Yeah. Joseph Regoza. Steve Burton. Anna DeMario. 
Is there an Anna De Luigi? <laughs> Bo, Aaron Roberts, Scott John, Ben Meddy, Kevin Eason, fucking Rich Tillman, <laughs> Sarah Catherine, Paul Murchie, Scott Sweezy, Kara Conini, Joshua Taj Bozeman, who gave Joe and I a copy of Sneakers on DVD. Thank you, Joshua. Great film, and thank you. Chuck Andrews, Tom Laverick, Tucker Rauch, John Smith, Edmund Agabo. Good seeing you the other night. I don't. Yes. Some of these people, I don't know if I met it them or was. not. You're using code names. And Will Podorf, yes. one of the artists. and, and uh, Brandon Gash. Yes, Brandon Gash. Andrew, Brian Bolarier, Will Hellams, Jennifer Anna. Stun. T.L. Munholan. Melissa Alvarez, Jake Bullock, Tangis Religion, ZeroFoxtrot.com, you fucks. <laughs> I guess that's a plug. Matt Crawford, Jenna, Richard Deming, Brian Callis, Tim Drain, Michael Madrigal, Richard Howenstein. Go to Mr. Suit Records in Lancaster. Do it. Bretton Fraser, Sean, Luke Fiziok. The fantastic Karen Kilgareth. Karen, listen to uh, My Favorite Murder. With Georgia Hardstark as yes. well. Joey Mueller. Shelby L. Nathan Basket. Gary Mirren. Cyrod. Dylan Lahr. Phil Burrell. Edmund Dillon. The Black Magic Ninja. Scott. Pauline Sorrell. Daphne Kellogg. Ryan Martz. Tristan Avery. Hunk Masterson, Richard Iman, Matthew J. Brown, Julie Aguirre, Charity Ferguson, Hank from Dan Cakes, Nick Walter, Alexander Stein, Tyler Keatley, Emily Marvel, John B. Watt, Zombiance Horror Crafts. Yes, on Etsy, correct? On Etsy, yes. I guess. Check out John's store on Etsy. Maury Benjamin, Nicholas Burns, Alex Nelson, Jeremy Cool, Derek Clark, Alex Shipley, Sean Pinnock, Amanda Liebson, Timothy Letso, Shane Nazarian, Smelly Bubbles, Samantha Kiefer, I love you. Oh, that's nice. But I'm saying it, and now I've broken you two up because. Well, maybe her, that's Samantha Kiefer. That maybe that's she wrote that about herself. So you would say Doesn't it to her. Like it, judging by the email address. Okay. David Bellinger, Hunter McDonald, Justin Bohager, Adam Bembenek, Manny Rios, Demanio Rubio, Brandon Gash, Jake Farot, Rob Lines, Jacob Barrett, Jordan C., Maxwell Ashcroft, Ryan Kohler. Barb Allen, Jonathan Face, Rebecca Cohen, Chris Bowen, Mike Gibbons, Donnie Joyce, Michael Dawson, Jennifer Smith, Connor Dennehy, Kevin Swistowitz, Anthony J. Guajardo, Annie Johansson. Joe, can you believe how many Patreon sponsors we have? I can't. I can take over. Starting with Timmy K. I can take over. Timmy awesome. K. It is awesome. Timmy K. That's three for Timmy K now. That's four. I just said it again. Uh, Megan Librand, Scott Blickensdurfer, Alec Walker, Brett Werner, Tristan Carlson, Laura Sexton, Anthony Guajardo, Weston Thomas Veedhill, Jared Blair, Richie Verdugo, Chris Hopper, Emily Florence, our pal, Sean L., Dave Komarek, Abby Manuel, Kim D'Angelo, Jonathan Galat, Michael McBee, Stephanie Power, Diego Campos, Stefan Mousseau, 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 Mousseau. I think I said that right. I apologize. Zoe Blazkovic, Azel Kivensland, Dan McLeod, Lorenz Bunganiers, Alejandro Saldago, Papa Spoosh, Tracy Reddington, Sean Thomas, Amanda Alzamora. Jason Weibel, Mike Curry, Drew Spindler, Curry, or Spindler, Andrew Koval, Sam Mitchell, Sam Mitchell, Aaron Malinowski, Scott Nolan, Jack Gertz, 
Ben, Misty Zavar, Molly Russell's Wart, Dejanay Wilford, Johnny Ferg, Michelle Gold, Danielle Dewar, Eric Lamora, Kevin Marcinek, Lawrence Anderson, Jared Smallridge, Will Podorf, Natalie Craig, Kyle Kinslin, the man whose name we cannot speak, Anna ba- Ani Babadook, Scott Patton, The Block Watch, August Rydell, Paul Pickerel, Rage Last Name Sounds Asian. That's a weird one. Uh, Beth Gaston, Julie Bailey, Michael Aiello, Reed Aesthetic, and Max Unrath. We're overwhelmed as usual by the amount of support. Thank you all. You're the best. Awesome. We will see you next time. And we'll see you in hell. Hey.